Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, welcome to the Kyle Allen Show. I'm here with my guest, Ryan. This dude is an absolute G when it comes to it. He's traveling around the world, flying golf streams, closing wholesale deals. And, you know, like he's halfway across the world closing down deals. And uh, where are you mostly located? In, in Georgia, correct? Like that's your predominant. Yeah, so my primary market's Atlanta. I grew up there and then I'm based in Phoenix in Arizona where we both live. But then I'm in Cairo, Egypt for half the year because I fly on a, a private airplane out there. So it's kind of crazy. Uh, I'm never really in my market that I operate in at all, which is I think something different than most people, but it's totally doable in 2020 with everything we got in today's technology. So, so yeah, it's, it's a little different, but um, it's, it's really fun. Yeah. I was just say just like, I'm just like thinking about the time zone differences and like right off the bat, like that would throw me off. Cause you're like, usually yeah. like eight hours ahead or something like that. Yeah, so it's nine hours ahead of Phoenix time, and then it's six hours ahead of Eastern time. So yeah, if we're talking to a seller or something, and it's noon uh, Eastern, then it'll be six p.m. Cairo time. Or it's it's worse when it's in the afternoon or evening time, Atlanta time, because then I'm like going to bed, so that gets a little tricky. But you know, it's <laughs> we make it work. Yeah, as I say, you make it work. Um, yeah. So you know, like how how did that process go? Like, what got you like into real estate? I think that's like something that a lot of people want to know, like what sparked your interest in real estate? Yeah, a hundred percent. So, um, I've always had an entrepreneurial passion. I've always wanted more than what's normal, you know, financial freedom, have big goals, big dreams. When I was 11, 12 years old, I was looking at Ferraris on the internet, like, you know, looking at jets, big houses, like vacations. I want to travel the world. And I just want to have a very fulfilling life and do everything and cross everything off my bucket list that I possibly can. So um, entrepreneurship was kind of the initial uh, spark. And then I looked at different industries and different things that kind of interested me. Um, and I've tried just about anything and everything from, you know, social media marketing, Forex, stock trading, Shopify, Amazon, you know, basically everything that is popping off today in the kind of younger internet entrepreneur space. But um, with real estate, I think it just stuck out to me because it's like, a, it's a physical asset that's never going away and it's so scalable and there's so many different things you can do within it. So like some of these other business models, like maybe Shopify dropshipping or Amazon, like if Amazon decides all of a sudden that it doesn't want third party sellers on its site, everyone in FBA or Amazon automation, all of a sudden that just like totally closes off that, that marketplace. And there's people that do millions and millions of dollars doing that type of business. But you know, 10 years, 20 years from now, I don't know if that's going to be the same. And those people will have to adapt. Um, real estate's going to be the same way. We're always going to have to adapt with different markets and different things and strategies. But um, I think that there's just so much you can do in real estate. And uh, like from wholesaling a condo in the Midwest, you know, and make five grand on a $50,000 deal, or you can buy, you know, Disney World, um, you know, residential, commercial, it's so scalable. And, um, you know, there's a finite amount of land on this earth and we all have to use it somehow and there's only becoming more and more people the population is growing the amount of land staying the same we need a place to live a place to eat so uh, i think that's what's really cool about real estate and what got me um, so intrigued as far as a long game and not just trying to play the short game with some some of these different ventures no 100 percent. from being in the agency space like where i spend a lot of my time in 
um, I know like it's, it's very different than the real estate space. Like I started wholesaling a little bit and I was like, holy shit, like this yeah. is like a, such a different business model. Cause it's like, you're not selling to another business professional. You're not selling something that's like a monthly reoccurring thing, but mm -hmm. you have a bigger, you know, bigger bag that you're taking home and it's all worth it. Cause it's like chasing down the deal is that's the fun part, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like what, what got you into like, you know, like obviously sales, like you, you started going into like getting your, your pilot's license. You went through schooling doing that. I remember when we first had a conversation about that. Um, yeah. They're like, what kind of got you then to like start intro, like getting introduced? Cause like obviously being a pilot, like you're making pretty good money still yeah. from that. Um, you know, like what made you want to go change and like go have like, was it that entrepreneur spirit? Was it more like, Hey, like this is just not enough. Like in order to reach my goals kind of deal. Yeah. I think a little bit of both. Like, the entrepreneurial thing, um, because I, I love aviation. I love flying airplanes. And if there's anything entrepreneurial in aviation that I could do uh, with somewhat little capital or like a business model that I knew to make some good money, I'd probably be in it. But, um, yeah, I, I went to school for aviation. I got my pilot ratings, became a pilot and I love what I do. I love traveling and flying, but I always wanted more than that. And I just, through the years I've been in aviation, I've just seen kind of the the peak of where pilots are specifically. And a lot of them are just older guys. They've been through a couple divorces. They're capped out at about 300 to $350,000 a year on the high range, which is great money. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's just, you know, I want more life freedom. And the main thing comes down to, um, I don't want to be gone for half the year or more. Like now it's okay. Cause I'm young. I'm in my twenties. I can, I'm enjoying it, but Further on in life, I don't want to be older, especially with a family um, or, or something like that. And yeah, having kids, that changes the whole Yeah, Yeah. You know, if I've got a wife and kids, I, I don't want to be away from them half the year, missing Christmases, missing birthdays. And, you know, I want to have something that provides more freedom um, and then just fly and enjoy aviation more as a passion and a hobby. Um, and, and then again, and like also... Uh, I just always want to have different things going on at the same time and different streams of income. And, you know, if aviation as a pilot is all based on my health. So if I get sick or if I get my arm chopped off by a bulldozer or something crazy happens, you know, my eye gets poked out, yep. all of a sudden I lose my medical and then I'm not fit to fly. And there goes that ticket basically. So it's like, you know, God forbid something happens. Um, it's not always going to be there. You know, it's dependent on me being healthy enough to show up and travel and fly uh, and keep current. So, you know, if I have a rental portfolio, for example, you know, I could have my leg chopped off. The tenants are still going to pay rent or, you know, yeah, I, could don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> I could still be cold calling here, you know, with one arm and, you know, do some deals, you know, if it came down to it. So <laughs> I've been typing out the deals afterwards would be a little hard, but you know, good yeah. news, we have a bunch of templates that we use all the time. So it's just, yeah. So I mean, um, <laughs> yeah. And I, I just like learning, man. I like learning new things and, um, constantly just kind of putting my hand in different pots and testing waters and, uh, just, just growing. Like, I think you are huge on personal development and I think yeah. that's kind of what it stems from as well. Um, just trying to be the best version of yourself and just grow every day. Yeah, exactly. Like you're never going to reach perfection, but you can always do no. it yourself. And like that's, yeah. and that's the coolest thing is like, it's like, I'm just competing with myself to get better. Right. Like, obviously, like I see dudes like you, like you guys are doing deals and it's like, shoot, I want to like, I, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm just competition's always been my thing. 
but it's like yeah. competing with yourself internally is the thing that's going to get you out in the real world competing with other people first you got to focus yeah. on yourself 100 so, no so that's super cool so like walk us through your first deal how did that go was it virtual or did you was that one in person your first one yeah so um i really started marketing seriously in april of last year so before that like 2017 2018 i would like get bored and motivated one night throw out some bandit signs or do something but i never really consistently marketed until april and i started cold calling myself and then quickly brought on uh, a va cold caller um, that was using mojo dialer and just dialing lists for me while i was in either in egypt or here and we were we actually started in the phoenix market and um yeah i was making offers on properties and there was a condo in chandler and um i was kind of emailing back and forth with the guy i was kind of i think i had one or two conversations with him on the phone but i was kind of nervous to talk to him because he was an investor and this was like a rental property of his i didn't know what the hell i was doing you know i, I like i, I had <laughs> no yeah, idea what i was doing <laughs> but i was like yeah you know if you want to um sell it for this price. Um, you know, here's my offer. And then we kept going back and forth for like a couple of weeks. And I was kind of scared to pull the trigger to get it under contract. Uh, and then finally we settled on a price and I was like, okay, I'll send over the contract. I sent it over. He signed it with a uh, hello sign. So electronic signature, I was in Egypt and then I came back here, I think like within a week or something. It was like right when I was supposed to come back here. And I came back here and I ended up meeting him at the property to go walk it and take pictures and still like nervous, super green. Like I was like, okay, like I'm here, like taking pictures. I'm like, don't ask about like my career or how long I've been doing this. Just don't, don't yeah. say anything. Cause, um, but yeah, I took pictures of it. And then I kind of, I don't even remember how I was trying to blast it out to buyers, but I had a friend who's a realtor. Um, and I actually used him as like a JV partner. He knew some investors. Perfect. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I used a realtor friend as a JV. He had a buyer that was interested in it, um, and he walked the property with us, and he liked it. Um, we got it got it assigned, and then split the assignment, and I made four thousand and two dollars. Yeah, four thousand and two dollars and eighty one cents or something after it came down to it because uh, the only thing the buyer stipulated was he wanted us to pay the closing cost. So okay. it was like it was like a I think it was like a ten or eleven thousand dollar assignment that we split minus closing costs. Okay. Um, and yes, yeah, so that's how it worked out. But yeah, it was. Um, it's kind of funny because looking back at it, it was probably one of the easiest deals I ever did. But at the time, being my first deal, it was like the scariest thing in the world because I didn't know what I was doing. Like um, the buyer asked for a copy of the HUD, and I didn't even know what a HUD was. So I was like, "What's what's that? You know, what's a HUD? What's a settlement? <laughs> I had no idea." So I was like, "What?" what I asked the realtor partner that was the JV. I was like, dude, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, but it just, I think it goes to show that, um, you know, you just got to do it, you know, for anybody that's looking to do anything, I think I'm trying to prioritize or like, I'm trying to give myself the mentality a lot this year of action over analysis and just be more active instead of overanalyzing. Cause I think that's where a lot of people get stuck, you know, do your homework, do your research, but, once you get to a certain point, you've got the knowledge and you That's just have to be confident. Yeah. You know the knowledge and then just take it and make some kind of action and it'll work out. Just kind of run before you know how you run before you know how to walk. Uh, and that's kind of what I did with that deal. And then it worked out. And I was like, okay, that's cool. 
uh, let's try and do this again. And then, um, you know, we've been doing it for about a year now, a little over a year now, but, um, you know, just trying to scale it up and keep it going. Yeah. Like one of the, like, the biggest things, like whenever you like take a course or whenever you like are learning from someone mm -hmm. is like learning it, doing it, learning it, yeah. do, learning it. Doing yeah. it. So many people like, they're like, Oh, once I know everything, I'll go do it. And yeah. It's, never it's gonna, thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, like I know, like when I first got started in it, I was like, I'm just trying to like, talk about like my whole pitch and like trying to do my pitch like in my head before I even called the seller. And I was like, I don't even know if this is going to work. I was like, just yeah. stop. I literally just started calling people and like just started tweaking it a little bit, a little mm -hmm. bit. And then eventually you find something that you feel comfortable with and it's like your own version. Yeah. And you're, you're able to, to leverage that a ton. Yeah. Like, go teach other people how to do it and all that good mm -hmm. stuff. Um, so I think that's super, super cool. And like this guy started basically, you know, he's not, he's not doing this to make money, but he basically started a course, right. To teach other people on how to do this because so many people, right. Get stuck in that phase. And like, what I like about like your course is you broke it down. So like simple where it's like, this is what you need to do. Go do it. And mm -hmm. like it's more like actionable items instead of just yeah. like this long, you know, two hour long video that some like guru put together. That's like, just yeah. to confuse you and spin you into a yeah. circle, you know? Mm -hmm. so I think the content that you put out is like super spot on like really really helpful information even your YouTube channel dude it's like just yeah like I appreciate that nuggets. Um, yeah. like I, I dove in and I was like shit dude like he has like some like really in detail videos about how they pull lists what they do with the lists, and stuff like that so um, I think just like your your mindset of giving and also that kind of reflects with your first deal that you're like hey I need someone who is the right person to go connect with to get this deal sold Instead mm -hmm. of like, oh, I'm just going to try to figure it out on myself, but it's like, mm -hmm. who do I need to get involved to like, make sure that this deal is easy. Yeah. Right? Like a lot of things could happen. Like if you get a contract and you're a wholesaler, mm -hmm. you don't know what the heck you're doing. It's your first deal. Well, guess what? You could be out of luck because your, your contract date ran out or whatever. Like, and now you're yeah. screwed on this property because you didn't, you didn't actually find the right person to explain it all the way. Mm -hmm. So super, super cool. So if you guys want to check out his course, definitely check out his course. Um, I will put a link in the bio below so you guys can go check that out. Um, so yeah. what, what, after you started doing that, like, did you reinvest all of that? I think you said like $4,000 roughly back into the business. Um, mm -hmm. did you kind of, what did you do with that money that kind of helped to accelerate your growth? Cause you're obviously doing more than one deal a month now. Yeah. Uh, so what did you kind of do to start feeling that business to, to get to the point where you are today? Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, I, I more or less reinvested that money and then I have the, the pilot income. So I put some of that into it as well. And I pretty much just did what I was doing and it was kind of a weird process for me because originally we were doing Phoenix. I did the one deal, but then I knew that Phoenix was super competitive and I was like, and I had a friend that I was kind of showing, like my business and he was like right there watching when I did my first deal and he's like, Oh, this is super cool. I want to do this. So he ended up finding a bunch of leads through Craigslist and Albuquerque. Okay. And he's like, I've got all these sellers ready to go in Albuquerque. And I was like, okay, sweet. And he's like, do you want to split the deals with me and do them together and like teach me how to do it? I'm like, sure. Yeah. So um, we ended up doing that and kind of started a partnership for a little while and we pursued these deals in Albuquerque so I kind of just forgot about Phoenix and then shifted my marketing to Albuquerque because I was like, this is easy because Albuquerque is a whole nother market and um, there's not a whole lot of investors out there. Yeah. So I think it's pretty easy to get deals, but then there's not a whole lot of buyers. So, 
you know, it's, it's easy to get contracts, but then it's kind of hard to sell them. Um, yeah, and leveraging some, some really cool disposition aspects to be able to sell those deals then. Yeah. And then the, uh, the title companies out there that I had experiences with were terrible. So that was kind of, <laughs> that was kind of like, we'll get to that, but my, why I stopped doing Albuquerque, but we did like four deals in Albuquerque, uh, end of last year, which was cool. Um, and then I saw that Albuquerque was, I don't know anything about Albuquerque. I've never been there. So it, it proves the concept that you can go into any market and do this virtually, which is really cool. But I was like, why am I in Albuquerque? And then the partnership kind of fizzled out. And I was just like, you know, and then the title companies were terrible. Most of them didn't like assignments or dealing with investors or wholesalers. They, they didn't like us at all. So anyway, that's what pushed me to Atlanta. Cause I was like, okay, Atlanta is, I know, I know the city I've, you know, grew up there. I've got people there, boots on the ground. And then it's kind of like a medium between the competitiveness of Phoenix, but then like the nothingness of Albuquerque. Yeah. As I say, wow. it, it's still a pretty like competitive market too, as well. Yeah. Uh, so you have a lot of people from Florida that started moving up there and stuff like that. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, to answer more your question on like the business side scalability. Um, yeah, I just kind of started reinvesting, uh, had my cold caller do more hours, hired more VAs and she referred her friends onto the company. Um, and now we have five VAs. We had six, now we have five. So we got five VAs, um, that do our, our marketing. And, um, I think I'm going to hire one more in the next week and just keep, keep that going. Cause it's a, it's a great system that I believe in and it's, you know, really scalable. But um, yeah, just kind of doubling down and um, recreating the same thing and then just utilizing systems to make it easier and go faster, uh, you know, adding something like Podio as a CRM to organize everything, track your KPIs, um, you know where you're at with every lead. Um, and then, yeah, just doing the same thing. And then I hired an acquisitions manager to um, actually you know, lock up the contracts yep. and negotiate the deals. So then I'm right now mostly just doing dispositions transaction coordination and kind of managing the marketing and stuff like that so <clears throat> yeah just kind of putting in more money um doubling down on what works and then trying to delegate and hire out um has been the main thing and then that's still something that i'm kind of struggling with trying to work towards continuing to scale but uh it's worked well and then um you know now we're we're doing several deals a month instead of um you know, just doing one deal and not knowing how to do it. So yeah, exactly. As I say, huge come up. What I love that you talk yeah. about doubling down. So yeah. people like they try to diversify and try to like plant a bunch of seeds like everywhere and then like yeah. everything successful. And like, that's like one of like the biggest things that I see. Cause like I talk with a lot of newer investors, people who are getting started to people who are, you know, closing a ton of deals. And like the biggest mistake I always see from like new people is like they continue to try to do like 10 different marketing streams. Like yes. you figured out you're like cold calling works for me. Like that's, yeah. that's what our business model is. Let's go hire more cold callers. Let's go buy more lists. Let's keep yeah. doing what we're already doing because mm -hmm. you're just creating a better system every time that you add another person in there, every time that you add yeah, a, exactly. a new list, right? It's just, it's a stronger system instead of like recreating the wheel to get it up yeah. and running. Like obviously it took you a while to get cold calling up and running before yeah. successful too. Yeah. Um, so kind of walk us through that phase because uh, you know, I come from like a lot of like paid advertisements. That's kind of what we do. Yeah. Um, what does it look like on like with like the cold calling side 
what's kind of like your KPIs that you guys are like tracking of like calls per you know day that these VAs yeah. are making. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we had a couple of different conversations about that, um, mm-hmm. about like the tools you guys use and, and just the way that you guys, you're, you're super efficient machine. Like you guys are crazy the way, uh, how many calls you guys are making and stuff like that. So, yeah. So, I mean, um, yeah, we started with the one cold caller and, and I think that's a good point to touch on. Like you said, uh, don't kind of run in a million directions cause I've done it before. And like, I've had people push like text marketing, RVM, different stuff on me. And I'm like, yeah, like. I like it, but I'm just going to like stay in this lane and try and just kind of double down on that. So it's worked. Um, but yeah, basically we have a bunch of data, um, from different sources. I could go into that, but, um, and we use, we use Zen call. So we started with Mojo dialer. I like Zen call better. I got that idea from the all in guys, Alex signs, Carlos Reyes. They were big, uh, they like Zen call started using that. And, um, we have, we have it set up to be a five line dialer. So they're dialing five numbers at once and um, it's connecting to the first person uh, that they get on with. And um, yeah, we just have a very basic, simple script. Um, It's more or less just like, Hey Kyle, this is Ryan. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing well. Yeah. I was just calling about a property. I think you own at one, two, three main street. Yeah. Would you ever be interested in selling that property? So it's like, it's very simple. Yeah. Too straightforward. Yeah. Very natural and kind of casual because I think, uh, when I get calls from someone who's obviously a VA in the Philippines, like they'll just go on and on about stuff. And it's like so formal and like, you don't even know what they're talking about. And it's kind of like, it doesn't need to be like that. And I think if you use an assumptive approach of just like immediately addressing the name, like, Hey Kyle. And like, you don't know that it's Kyle, but like it'll say the name of who you're supposed to be calling and probably 99% chance that's the person. And if they go, Oh, this isn't Kyle, this is Mary Kyle's wife or something. Oh, okay. Sorry about that, Mary. Yeah. But I mean, I just think if you keep it casual, simple, it works um, as far as a script goes. So, I mean, it's really basic. Yeah. And um, does that lead kind of transfer over to like either your acquisition guy or yourself? Yeah. So, and then basically what we classify as a lead is just some, somebody that's interested in selling. Yeah. So we've Better tried to kind to of, yeah, hundred percent kind of, uh, break it down more detailed, but I find that if we ask the harder questions, it works out better than if they do. Cause sometimes they get confused and kind of tongue tied over different things. Um, yeah. they're good, but they're not, as good like understanding like english tonalities slang stuff like that so i prefer them just to keep it simple if they're interested in selling the property great they might ask a few questions you know do you have a ballpark price in mind um how or a question i like is how long have you been thinking about selling the property because it's an assumptive approach question kind of open-ended that immediately gives you their timeline without asking hey so what's your timeline or are you going to sell this in the next 30 days, which is also a decent question. But, um, but it kind of comes off a little bit weird. Like, Hey, are you going to do this now? Like, are you going to, yeah. So it's like, Oh yeah, you're interested in selling. How long have you been thinking about selling it? And then either they're going to say, well, I haven't, or, Oh, I've been thinking about it for this long. And if they tell you, Oh, I've been thinking about selling it for a year, then it's like, boom, there's some motivation. Let's expand on that. Um, so they'll ask a couple questions like that. They'll mark it as a lead, uh, put it into Podio. So, It'll have the the name, the address, any information that they pull. If they get a price out of them or a ballpark price, it'll show that. And then, yeah, myself or my acquisitions manager will see it. We'll call them, 
have a more detailed conversation and follow up and just kind of ask them, you know, what the condition of the property is, the timeline, uh, if the occupancy and the price are the four main things that we go over. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, if we can provide a solution for them, then we'll provide a solution for them and in form of a cash offer or whatever it may be and try and get the property locked up and get it under contract. So, and we do this all virtually. So all yeah. over the phone, um, which was something that I thought was kind of crazy at first, but it totally works and like everyone's doing it. So, um, yeah, it, it works. Yeah. Like you see people like locking stuff on the phone and up and like at first, like I came from a background where I like, I was learning from guys who were like fixing and flipping the projects. Yeah. It was like my background of like real estate investing. And then like, I started getting introduced to like wholesaling. I was like, dude, this is a completely different world. Like these yeah. dudes aren't even seeing the property. They're locking it up. Yeah. I kept on getting connected with the guys that were selling the properties to us that we were like, you know, the company I was working with was fixing and flipping. So we talk to them like, dude, how are you guys doing this? Like, yeah, we just call them on the phone and just lock it all up. We get some pictures sent. Um, and that's yeah. it sounds do. wild, but it works. It does. Yeah. And like, you're like, like, why is this person? Because it's convenient, right? The person yeah. does not want to go see you. Like the person doesn't want to no. have those interactions. Like they just want to sell their property. They want to be done with it mm -hmm. and move on. So yeah. like, who are some of like the things that like limiting beliefs that you had to like kind of get rid of? Um, in order to kind of start, you know, being more successful, like on the phones. Cause I think that's like a huge transition shift for like a lot of people where they're like, I can only do like Phoenix or I can only do like my city yeah. where they're at. Like, wh why do you think like that's like that? Cause like, I felt like the same thing. I was like, yeah. I can only do Arizona. Like when I was like, even doing like my digital advertising, even though that could be done anywhere in the world. I was yeah. like, I do it here. And then I started branching yeah. out, started getting clients literally all over the place. Yeah. Um, like, dude, this is like crazy, right? Like I had like, I know yeah. people would actually buy on the phone. Um, yeah. so like, how, what was that transition shift for you um, when it came to like, you know, selling real estate? A lot of it was just kind of like throwing traditional barriers or like blockage mentality out the window and just kind of just going at it. Um, and then you, I mean, you really don't know, you don't have to know that much about a market. I mean, I wouldn't recommend somebody to just start going into a bunch of different markets and going crazy, like double down on one market that's going to work. So that's kind of like one mistake I think I made is I started with Phoenix, hit Albuquerque, went to Atlanta, but now Atlanta's working. So I'm just kind of stuck on Atlanta. And then of course now, like I have friends like you and people in Phoenix and I'm like, dang, I really want to do some deals in Phoenix. So I'm kind of like trying to market Phoenix again, um, just because I'm here and I know it. And so damn expensive though. <laughs> but yeah, we were making, yeah, it's, it's crazy out here though. But so I'm, I'm kind of like, eh, I might just stay on Atlanta. But, um, but yeah, I mean, to, to get rid of those barriers, I mean, you don't have to know much about the market. And even if you're new, you're not really going to know much about your own market anyway. Yeah. So it's like, um, you don't have to be a pro as long as you can talk to people and have a conversation and ask some questions. And I mean, that's really what it's all about. It's more of a sales game than a real estate game in the wholesaling world. And it's more about just uh, creating personal connections and being able to talk with people. And, um, you know, especially now with some of the services out there, like PropStream, like we love PropStream. I use it to comp everything. I, I pull lists from it. And, um, you know, I think it's great. I could literally plug in a property in Chicago or Indiana or something in PropStream, and it's going to give you some great data about the neighborhood, about the comps, you know, about the property. So if you have that or even use Zillow or Redfin, I mean, there's just too many tools that like 
you can figure out the general price or, you know, you can call realtors in the area and ask them what they think of your deal. Hey, you know, if I were to fix and renovate this, what do you think I could list it at? Uh, what would you recommend that we put into the property to make it competitive in this market or this neighborhood? Uh, what's your opinion? Um, and then offer them the listing on it on the back end, you know, either be the flipper or pose as the flipper. Even you could refer the guy that buys your deal to, to them. Yeah. Um, stuff like that to learn the market's pretty easy. Uh, or different Facebook groups, you know, you can get a deal under contract, tell the seller that you got a due diligence period, um, and then throw it around on Facebook groups in that area. Search Chicago or New York real estate investor. Every single group that talks about investing or real yeah. estate. And, yeah. <laughs> like, Go yeah. ahead. I've even done like uh, like uh, garage sales too as well. Like that's been yeah. one like garage sales, yard sales, stuff like that. Because uh, you're, yeah. you know, sometimes you know the cash buyer doesn't all have always have to be an investor. Mm -hmm. um, he, you know, some dude who's looking to do maybe two, three flips and has you know a hundred grand sitting in the bank, and then is going to go do private money to do the rehab. Yeah, right? you, yes. you, there's a lot of different like people that are out there. Obviously, the most people that you're going to want to get connected with are investors. Mm -hmm. But you never know, like if it's like you know you paid a little bit more for the deal than you should have. Well, go try to find someone who might pay you more than what they should normally do because maybe they're not like needing to get the same margins, right? Yeah. Everyone has like a different buy box out there. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, I think like my biggest thing was like, I was afraid to like lock down deals cause I was like, dude, like what if I'm not able to sell it? Like, yeah. <laughs> like that's yeah, like yeah. always like the back end fear of like, what if I'm not able yeah. to sell it? And like changing that belief can, can like- Yeah, really I think that's a huge thing to touch on for people new to the game is, um, I mean, that happens, you know, we've, we've terminated deals. Some deals fall apart, not because of our fault, but because there's some crazy title issue and they've got to file a lawsuit to quiet title. Otherwise they can't sell it or, you know, so there's some probate hold up or, or they back out, you know, so, you know, we've seen it all. And, but I mean, you just got to get in the game and, and start going, but I mean, don't be afraid you know, there's still properties that we, we lock up over the phone and we say, okay, based on what you're telling us in this condition over the phone, we're going to agree to this price and we agree to that price. And then we get somebody out to the property and get pictures and we're like, yo, there's like, it's, it's flooded. The foundation's destroyed. Um, you know, we can't do 120. We have to be at like 90. And a lot of times that works. Uh, sometimes it doesn't work, but you know, but there's, you don't that ability, yeah. there's that ability to come down. Um, you know, worst case you, you price drop them or, you know, if worst case, even you cancel the deal. But I mean, as long as you know, it's, there's the ethical kind of uh, fine line. You don't want to hold them up for 30 days or 45 days. And then like right at the closing table, be like, nah, we, we can't do it because you didn't find a buyer. But if, if you go out there and you act fast and you go through your due diligence, it's just like a regular real estate transaction. If you go buy a house to live in, there's going to be some kind of due diligence. Uh, you're going to get an inspection or an appraisal done on it. Um, and then, you know, if, if within a couple of days or within a week, you get back to them with some information, um, you know, you're, you're going to, you're going to learn. And I think um, if you learn like a, a general buy box formula from anybody in your market and you actually use that as where you're getting your prices for your offers and then you use it, um, you're going to be okay. And most likely you're going to be able to find a buyer, you know, as long as you're not, locking stuff up for like retail or doing yeah. something like, <laughs> like oh like, crazy like know, that yeah one, 150 zestimate like i'll give you 150 and then you lock it up for 150 
no one's gonna buy that. Yeah, even yeah, it's like why you're gonna why, get knocked down off of a traditional. Why did yeah? Why did you do that? And then um, on the other end, it's funny because a lot of people think they're like, who would sell their house for that cheap? Like, there's just no way. Uh, but I promise, there's a way because if you call a hundred leads, um, which is kind of my number that I give people that are starting out, is if you get a hundred cold call leads that are marked as people interested in selling their home, and you call and negotiate with a hundred people, you're gonna get one. Kind of the, you know, I, I think preaching anything like one in 50 or something, that's, that's a little bit of a stretch, but I think one in a hundred, if you don't get one in a hundred, then you can reevaluate and be like, okay, something's wrong, but there's going to be one in a hundred person that agrees to sell their house on 50 cents on the dollar. Um, and it'll work out, but, but yeah, you just gotta go through, you just gotta go through enough of them. And, and that's the thing is like most investors don't have enough opportunities where they're like putting out enough offers, where they're talking to enough sellers, where they're talking to enough buyers. So it's like, they can't actively learn. And like, if you're in that situation, go reach out to someone, go GVU them, like with them yeah. learn, but like be transparent with them be like, Hey dude, like I still want to do this by myself or maybe join your team later on, but like yeah. I want to learn the business and like do it with you. You know, yeah. like I, I know a lot of people that are open to doing that, that I've worked with that, you know, we partner up on so many different deals because it's like, Hey, let's, let's go do this together. Like I have people, like we need people to talk to. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think that's one of like the biggest things that a lot of people are afraid to go ask that. And it's like, go sell yourself to another investor. If you aren't having enough, you know, time and energy yeah. into it, like go help someone else out. Go. Yeah. I know a couple of different businesses that are now doing like, you know, like 30, 45 deals. And it was two wholesalers that just came together and freaking just smashed it, you know, <laughs> which I yeah. think is crazy. Um, so I think there's a ton of, ton of opportunity when it comes out there, um, as far as like, you know, people to, to partner up and do stuff together. Um, yeah. so, you know, if you were to start Ryan brand new inside of the real estate business and, you know, you know, all the things that you know today, but you're only going to tell yourself three different things mm -hmm. that you could, you know, tell, you know, pass Ryan and be like, dude, just know these three things and you'll be okay. And you'll be successful moving forward when you got started three things I'm, I'm trying to think like actionable items more so than like because you could go both ways i could go like kind of more mindset stuff of, of three things like three pieces of advice or actionable items but i think like a three-step action plan really simple uh would be look for houses on craigslist take those the second thing would be take those houses on craigslist call a hundred of them and make offers on them at 70% minus repairs. And then the third thing would be, I guess, send over a contract. Well, that's, that, that might be a little too basic. <laughs> assuming that to try and make it three things, the third thing would be um, just message a bunch of people in Facebook groups to find buyers yeah. or, um, or realtors reach out to people in Facebook groups, uh, investor buyers and realtors. So you kind of have a pool of people that you're networking with and then you do the Craigslist thing and just, and then give yourself a number or some kind of quota of like, okay, I'm gonna make a hundred offers. And I think that's like the easiest starting plan. And you can do that in any market virtually. Like you go on any Craigslist, like you go on Milwaukee Craigslist, Dallas Craigslist and just find for sale by owners that look like they need some work and just talk to the people. 
because yeah. those are free leads and like we've done deals on that getting started when we didn't have marketing money yep. and um or, or facebook marketplace so that would kind of be like a three-step and also zillow too you know zillow yeah. for sale by owners there's a ton of them on there yeah we picked up a couple of deals with people where they've had their house for sale by owner and it's like yeah hey, let's take it you know because they've mm -hmm been on for Zillow for 150 days and no one's even like really gave them a good offer. Yeah. Um, eventually, you know, if your offer comes in, you know, it might, it might get accepted. So yeah. And you know, then those are good three steps of like actual items, dude. Cause like too many times, like people try to complex it, you know, it's like, dude, just put in offers, do show up every single day, send yeah. out contracts, like actually do the position. Right. Yeah. You're going to get business that comes in. Yeah, I just said don't don't overcomplicate it and be consistent. And can I think consistency and action are the two main things. Like if you're consistent and you just never give up and you do the same shit every day and you just grind and have a little like a simple plan, like it will work. If your plan is I have zero dollars and I'm in Egypt, I can't drive for dollars, I can't door knock, okay. I'm just gonna go on Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace and Zillow and call every for sale by owner in the United States. And I'm going to call, you know, 25 a day. I'm going to make 25 offers a day. That's going to take, you know, maybe three hours or something. Um, all right. I'm going to plan in three hours a day, five days a week. That's 15 hours a week. Pretty simple. It's like a part-time job and 25 a day, you know, you've made, that's like four days, a hundred offers potentially. hundred percent. Um, yeah. So I mean, you could do, you could do a deal a week right there if you really wanted to just yep. grinding out bizbos. And it's free. So it's like, um, and then just be consistent with it. You know, it's, I think that's the hardest piece, even for myself now is like, um, you know, there'll be days where you're super motivated and then there'll be days where you're not motivated at all and you just want to chill, but it's like the consistency <laughs> is everything, especially with marketing and just, you know, just show up every day and get to the plate and swing. And even if you miss, like you still succeeded. So it's just like, just put in, just put in the swings, put like go get up to the plate, you know, swing the bat. Um, and you're going to be successful as long as you don't quit. Yeah. Um, 100%. So I got one more question for you, but before yeah. I talk with that, how can they get connected with you if they want to sure. you know, your social media is out there? Cause you, you almost, you're right now at the recording of this, you're almost at 10 K. So get this guy to 10 K. Yeah. I appreciate that. I'm almost there, but like, yeah, 99.85 or something on YouTube. But, um, yeah, so it's uh, Ryan Huber on YouTube. I've got yeah almost 10K, so I appreciate everyone subscribed. Or if you come over and subscribe, I appreciate it. Um, there's some aviation stuff. I, it's kind of aviation business life. I'm doing some real estate videos now. Uh, Instagram is at Worldwide Hube. Worldwide H-U-B-E is my Instagram. And then um, if you are interested in my course, it's digitalflippers.com with a Z. Digitalflipperswithaz.com. And um, I'm not going to hard sell anybody on it. It's just kind of like a basic actionable system that I use. If you resonate with my stuff, great, check it out. But you know, it's, it's just to help people, you know, I don't, yeah, 100%. I don't, I'm, I'm not a guru. I'm not a millionaire. I'm not, you know, some crazy investor with billions of cash. I'm just, you know, a kid that flies jets and does this on the side, but you know, <laughs> it's like, if you, if you want to make a little, like, my thing is with that is like, I want people to make an extra 10 or 20 grand this year, not like, you know, oh, you're going to do your first deal in two weeks. So it's like, my philosophy is, okay, you make $50,000 a year at your job. Let's take that 50 and make it 60 
And if it takes you a year to make that extra 10 grand, that's still a big bonus. It's bigger than what your boss is going to give you. And then you could take that one deal that you did in a year and then five years from now, be doing 10 to 50 deals a year. And then now you've got a career now you've got momentum and you can change your entire life from that. So just 100%. simple, small, yeah. slow growth, you know, it not could, get rich quick. Yeah, I was just say like yeah. the get rich quick things just don't work. Like no, I've tried no, them no. through and it's like, you got to show up consistently. You got to do the things. And like, that's like why I resonate with your content and who you are. Like, um, is because you're just authentic with it. You're like, dude, I'm not here to be a guru. Like I'm here. to. Do yeah. 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 And I think so many people like try to like force value and you're just like, dude, this is what I'm doing. You're just documenting, which I think is the coolest part about your content. Yeah. I appreciate that. So, uh, definitely check his stuff out. But my last question for you, man, uh, you know, like if, you lost everything inside of your business, right? Like yeah. everything was gone. All the virtual assistants were gone. Yeah. Um, you know, like what would you do to get your first deal and you had no money at all? Like you literally just had a phone <laughs> and yeah. like that's what you had to do to get started. Cause I think there's people out there that are in that situation. 100%, yeah. But like, you know, I think your three-step actionable plan is good. What else would you do? Like if you, you know, were starting from scratch. Yeah, I would say, I would say the easiest thing to do is probably, the Craigslist, Zillow, Facebook Marketplace, just take take sites like that and just call the for sale by owner listings that are distressed in any market and just have a conversation and make an offer. Because I mean, I think that's the easiest thing to do and you can do it from anywhere. Um, you know, there's a lot of people would recommend like driving for dollars or bandit signs, but technically you still kind of need some money for that. And I think it's more time consuming because if you go drive for dollars, it's like, yeah, you're like creating a list of properties, but then you still have to get the information on those people and skip trace them. So it's not going to be a whole lot of money, but you might spend a couple hundred bucks. And if you're dead broke, you might not have a couple hundred bucks. Or a car to drive around in, you know? Yeah, exactly. You might not have a car. You might not be able to drive for dollars. You might have to walk for dollars. Um, and I, I, the thing about like bandit signs, like I used to put out bandit signs for people like when I was like back in the day yeah and, like bandit signs like they get picked up by the city super fast anyways yeah i've and, done that too yeah you get yeah, calls and, and yeah and also like you're waiting for stuff to come in like you're exactly proactive yeah. like with bandit signs that's yeah, it's reactive problem. not yeah, it's proactive reactive. yeah so i think those strategies it's like you're doing something but you're not really taking action where it needs to be like you're not putting um, in first man that's the biggest thing yeah it's like Call, like you could go right now, we could go on this call and literally find somebody on Craigslist in two minutes with a distressed property somewhere in the United States that looks like it could be a deal and call and be like, hey, you know, what's the situation there? Oh, do you live there? Oh, okay, it's vacant. Great. You know, um, tell me a little bit about it. Has it been updated? Oh, it's in poor condition. It's been vacant, vandalized. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. You know, maybe we can help liquidate it for you. And then just, you know, have the conversation. You know, what is it going to take to make this deal work? We can close quickly. Um, you know, be a solution for you. It's just, yeah, I mean, you, I think that's the best route to take. Just start calling people, start calling people and talking numbers and make offers. And like, if you're totally new and just make an offer, like half of what they're asking, yeah. just, just to be that person and just to get people mad at you on purpose, almost just to desensitize yourself to that aspect of negotiating. Oh yeah. That, that was a hard part where I was like hesitant yeah. when I would say like even 70%. And I was like, yeah. And it's like, um, there's like the latte factor. I don't know if you've ever seen that one where 
I think it's uh, I forgot who does it, but they basically go in and like every time you buy anything, you have to you have to ask for a discount on every oh, really? Starbucks. You have to ask for a discount. Yeah, and, oh, it's Tim Ferriss who does who, who does. Oh, uh, that's pretty cool. And, and yeah, you have to go do that, and it, like it's decentralizing yourself. Similar thing, right? Yeah. Uh, but if you can do it and make money at it instead of saving two bucks off your damn Starbucks, like yeah. dude, real estate, you'll make twenty thousand dollars on a deal instead. Yeah, but you just never know, and it's like. Yeah, God, we've had some like nail biter negotiations where a lot with like price drops or we'll go, we'll offer, I think we offered like a 90 on a property and then we went back and we're like, shit, we got to offer like 40. Yeah. And we go back to her like, ma'am, like, I'm really sorry to tell you this, but like, we need to be at 40,000. And then like, I, I think I'm going to get cussed out, like, you know, just she would, yeah, but she lot. knows that her property's in that situation though too. And she's just like, she's like, man, okay, off. Like, is there any way we could do sixty? I'm like, how about we do fifty and call it a deal? Okay, that's fair enough. And you're just like, like forty thousand dollar price drop. Like that's half, almost half of what you were at. And it's like, it happens. So you just never know. And um, yeah, you know, it's a numbers game. It's a, it's a huge numbers game, man. Yeah. Um, so I love your mentality for it. And I appreciate you for hopping on this show. And yeah, thank you so much for having me, man. I appreciate it. Your strategy. Um, I think your story is incredibly cool. And like, I, I know a lot of people that can resonate with it because it's like you have a job that takes you literally across the country that you're still able to do this. And it just shows you like this business is able to be done by anyone, right? So like if you have a nine to five job, like, Mm-hmm. You can't go bang it out on after from five to nine or on the weekends yeah. or whatever it is. It's like you, you got to stop making excuses for yourself and taking action and, and doing 100%. something you truly love. And, and yeah. clearly yeah. you're passionate about this too, which I think is the, like the coolest part about it all. It's like you can see the passion when you talk about this stuff, the things that you're doing. So um, I definitely appreciate you for hopping on here and sharing your story about where you guys have gone and all that stuff because I think that's huge. Um, and I'm excited to see your guys' growth too as well. Uh, yeah, so likewise. Big things are going to happen with you guys. Yeah. Here, so. big, big things are ahead for all of us. And yeah, it's, it's a pleasure to be on your show. I'm excited to see where you're going. I love your content and just, just seeing you continue to soar. So yeah, man, I'm, I'm super excited for the next couple of years and anybody watching, I hope this helps and hopefully you can link with both of us or, you know, somebody and, and, you know, we can all grow together. So uh, I'm excited cool. for everybody, man. Perfect. Thank you guys so much for watching this show. Make sure to connect with Ryan. Um, And if you guys haven't yet, connect with me on uh, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you guys can find us on social media content. We're out there on everything. Um, And, uh, you know, looking forward to having you guys watch the next show. Talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Thanks, Kyle. See ya.